Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from the Debbie Matthews Nashville Realty Newsroom in Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Thursday, December 21st, and we start with local news. Trey Davidson, a 2019 Columbia Academy graduate who completed his football career at the school as the program's single-season and all-time rushing yardage leader, was killed in a motorcycle accident on Friday. He was 22 years old, one day shy of his 23rd birthday. Davidson was traveling north on Mooresville Pike when he was unable to negotiate a curve on his Kawasaki ZX-1. The motorcycle crossed the center line, left the road, struck a ditch, and struck a culvert before coming to a stop. It was sad news to hear, former Columbia Academy teammate Harrison Warren said, Trey was a great dude and a phenomenal athlete, probably the most gifted person I played with in high school. It's really sad that he's gone too soon. The good Lord has other plans, he said. From 2015 to 2018, Davidson rushed for 4,208 yards and 39 touchdowns, including a junior season in which he posted 1,812 yards and 18 touchdowns, all school records at the time. The Bulldogs were 44-8 and over that span with a pair of state semifinal appearances. He later signed with Lindsey Wilson College, an NAIA program in Columbia, Kentucky, where he spent one season. Yesterday, the annual Shop with a Cop program was held, which is one of the public outreach efforts of the Columbia Police Department. Front Porch Radio's Del Kennedy stopped by the station and spoke to Lieutenant Jeff Duncan and lucky student Jessica Worley. This is Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. This afternoon, I'm at the Columbia Police Department. I'm looking at a room full of very happy children who are watching a movie and eating pizza. They're watching The Grinch and having a big time. I'm speaking with Jeff Duncan uh, with the Columbia Police Department, and it's Shop with a Cop Day. Jeff, tell us what it's all about. Yes, sir. It's a program, the Columbia Police Department. We started back in 2003. Um, what we do is try to enlighten the Christmas of uh, some kids in Columbia. And like I said, we just try to make it a fun day of shopping, pizza, cookies, and a movie with the officer. In hot cocoa. <laughs> All right. And and so, as I understand it, you've been out uh, with some volunteers and others, uh, police officers, with these children shopping this morning. They picked out what they wanted for Christmas, and now they're back here where the presents will be wrapped, and they're eating pizza and watching The Grinch. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, this year we uh, took 20 elementary-age kids uh, shopping. We had roughly 28 officers show up uh, with the Columbia Police Department, and we uh, end up enjoying a couple hours of shopping with them. And, uh, and then, like I said, then brought them back here to the police department for the party. That's amazing. I've got Jessica Worley here with me. Good afternoon, Jessica. Um, when I go shop with the cop, I was so scared, and the first time I am, because it's too, I'm too scared, but I got used to it and got a lot of toys and candy. Oh, what kind of toys and candy did you pick out? I picked, um, phone, suitcase, um, a little bag, and I picked out dolls and everything, and two dolls. What candy I got is gum, two gums, I got, like, the, I got, like, the red, orange, um, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet um, candy, and it was super cool. Oh, wow. Are you excited about it? Yep. I'm really excited to write my presents, too. Oh, wow. Now, Jessica, where do you go to school? Um, Riverside. What right? Riverside Duck. And um, I ride the bus home sometimes. On Friday, Grandma picks me up. Who's your teacher? Miss Housel. 
And what grade are you in? Second. Oh, wow. Okay, Jessica Worley, are you excited? What are you going to do? They're going to wrap your presents for you. Are you going to put them under the tree? Yes. Um, Santa's going to come, and I'm so excited for it. Awesome. All right. Again, Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. I'm at the Columbia Police Department. We've got a bunch of kids here who've been shopping with cops, literally, and they've got presents for Christmas. Uh, Jeff, you know, this is not your last year or your first. Uh, if people want to support shop with a cop for next year, uh what do they do? Uh, the easiest way is you can drop off uh, either money or checks um, at the Columbia Police Department here at uh, 707 North Main Street. Uh, make the checks out to uh, shop with a cop, the Columbia Police Department. And like I said, we'll get them put in our uh, donation pool. And like I said, use it to, to uh, fund this party. All right. Police Officer Jeff Duncan, Lieutenant Jeff Duncan, congratulations on a very successful event. Thank you. Thank you. The project to widen Bear Creek Pike will be put on hold for the time being following the Tennessee Department of Transportation's recent announcement regarding its 10-year plan for roadways. The announcement was made Monday morning as Columbia and Murray County leaders anxiously awaited confirmation for final funding of the project which at this point dates back more than a decade. The city's vision is to take approximately 7.2 miles of road to widen into four lanes, as well as various landscaping upgrades to the Bear Creek Highway 31 intersection, all in conjunction with the ongoing $29 million upgrades at the Bear Creek I-65 interchange. The city initially submitted its application in August, highlighting that the city had committed $4.5 million to the project, requesting TDOT commit to approximately $10 million over the next 10 years. City manager Tony Massey said, while this isn't great news to hear, the city isn't giving up just yet. We did not get good news, and we were very disappointed to see that the city of Columbia and Bear Creek Pike were not included in the list, Massey said. We had high hopes and felt like since we've made such a financial commitment to this, that we'd probably get preferential treatment. Massey added that according to the list of projects which were approved, there is an indicator that TDOT has its sights mainly set on metro areas and interstate highways. There are also plans to install something similar to toll lanes or choice lanes where drivers would pay a fee. If you want to pay a fee, you can take the express lane and miss some of the traffic going to Nashville every day, Massey said. That's the concept behind it. As for now, Massey said the city is going back to the drawing board to explore other options. Though this announcement presents something of a setback, it absolutely does not mean the project is dead in the water. Just because we didn't get it doesn't mean we are going to quit. We're never going to quit, Massey said. We'll just come back with a new strategy because it's just too important to the community. It's been a priority for our city for over 10 years and will remain a priority until we get it. It's a setback, but it's not an end to all things. And so we'll keep an eye on it, he said. Columbia Fire and Rescue Station Number 1 is set to go undergo $4,882,000 in renovations following a unanimous vote of approval from the Columbia City Council last Thursday. Plans to renovate Station Number 1, which is the central station for the city, were brought up last July. The renovations will consist of a complete remodel, including a new roof, insulated attics, LED lighting, and a 35-person training facility. In addition, the station's main public entrance will be moved to the rear of the building and a new parking lot will be paved. The station will also include a baby drop-off box, which allows mothers of newborns to surrender unharmed babies to designated facilities, according to the Tennessee Department of Human Services. 
The facility at South Garden Street, which was built in 1977, has had very few upgrades other than painting and floor replacements since its original construction. This has been a long time coming, Fire Chief Ty Cobb said. We've been working on this for a while and are excited to finally see the project get going. The station is in the busiest area and houses administration along with fire crews, he said, adding that the expansion will also consist of an emergency operations center and tornado-proof shelter. If there is severe weather damage or tornadoes, this will be an area where firefighters can be protected, he said. While undergoing renovation, several offices will be relocated to stations 2 and 3. The project received five bids, with Pulaski-based general contractor Brindley Construction LLC ultimately taking on the task. George Newber, the architect for the project, said the new station will also allow for segregation between males and females. We're excited to adapt this building, which will allow for that to happen, Newber said of the improvements, which will increase the total footprint to 17,330 square feet. The building was very inefficient in its installation. We are able to greatly improve upon the envelope installation factor for the facility, which will help its life cycle costing for energy use, he added. Renovations are expected to begin in January, with the project estimated to be completed in about 12 months. The council also approved dedicating the champion field at Ridley Sports Complex in honor of former Columbia Mayor Dean Dickey and accepted the donation of a freestanding clock from the Columbia Breakfast Rotary Club in honor of the group's 100th anniversary. The clock will be installed at Riverwalk Park's Farmer's Market Pavilion. A change order of nearly 225, a little more than $225,000 to the South Garden Streetscape project was approved with the increase required because of added construction costs. A rezoning of 4.28 acres off Morningside Lane was sent back to the Planning Commission after council members noted upcoming changes to the city's Connect Columbia plan in the coming year. The property owners had originally requested a change from CD3L, that's Neighborhood Large Lot Character District, to CD4, General Urban Character District. Gerald Vick, an engineer representing the owners, asked for a deferral, noting that the city was looking at redefining the zoning requirements in the coming months. In light of the information we received about the project that the Development Services staff is bringing through, in order to allow a development to be zoned similar in the same subdivision, we would like to ask that the council defer it until that change comes through, Vic said. At that point, would you consider approving it as a CD3, he asked. The Planning Commission had recommended approval of the CD4 request by a 4-3 vote at its November meeting. Project Suitcase, the highly confidential project being discussed for nearly two years, has now surfaced as a 950-acre mixed-use development in Spring Hill. GV Spring Hill LLC intends to develop the land as a mixed-use development known as Spring Hill Commerce Center, which could include office buildings, industrial buildings, warehouses, commercial retail facilities, and or hotels, according to the city's Industrial Development Board's Economic Impact Plan submitted to the Board of Mayor and Aldermen on Monday. A tax increment financing, or TIF, plan in the amount of $29.5 million was approved by both governmental bodies in the last week, which promises to be a catalyst for economic growth in an otherwise untapped area of commerce. Road improvements will be made to Jim Warren Road, including rebuilding the road over the interstate, as well as a new bridge over Rutherford Creek and some water and sewer improvements. While a TIF may appear as if a government entity is giving away money it would otherwise collect, Betsy Knotts, counsel at Bass, Berry & Sims, reminded the Spring Hill Industrial Development Board in a meeting about the USTA development at the crossings 
that none of the tax revenues that will be realized are currently being collected. The goal of a tax incremental financing is to bring a government entity in partnership with a private entity to create a self-supporting project and create a new stream of ad valorem tax revenue, revenues that wouldn't be there had you not brought these two entities together, she said. This agreement will still require the developer to secure the loans or bonds and pay all of the taxes it owes to the local governments. The portion for debt service in both the city and county is removed, along with 40% for public schools, but the remainder flows through the Industrial Development Board to pay for the loans or bonds. If the increment never materializes, the loans and bonds are the responsibility of the developer. Alderman Matt Fitterer said, the entire risk is on the developer. The project will be located in the general area southeast of Saturn Parkway, north of Joe P. Road, and generally between Port Royal Road and Lewisburg Pike, according to documents. Though located on land in both, both Murray and Williamson counties, only that portion of the public infrastructure in Murray County and within the city, as the same may be annexed, will be subject to and paid for or financed through under this plan. The Industrial Development Board voted 8-1 to one in favor of the proposal, with only Clint McCain dissenting. McCain said his concerns were mainly about public, the public benefit, or lack thereof, from this part of the plan. I wanted more information, he said. I would like to have seen the two parties come to a more resolute agreement on what happens if certain parts of their plan do not happen. The part of the plan McCain would most like to have more information on is an airport facility that is anticipated to eventually be developed in the same general location. The airport, which could be a highly lucrative benefit to the city, county, and Spring Hill citizens, was not included in this TIF plan. All the rumors you have heard about Amazon coming and building an airport are half true, Alderman Matt Fitterer said. It is this developer's desire to be in this area. The intent would be to build a 6,000-square-foot runway for a private aircraft up to 20-person jets with a possible 75-hangar facility. According to data registered with the state, there are more private aircraft registered in Williamson County than in Davidson County, which would likely make it e an easier trip than to John C. Toon Airport, which currently houses most of the private aircraft in Middle Tennessee. The airport would not serve commercial flights or cargo flights, only private, but that was not part of the plan submitted to the IDB or the Board of Mayor and Aldermen in December. Projections on the airport are more difficult, and the developer didn't want to muddy the waters of the issue, Fitterer said. Anything generated by the airport is going to be added to the economic impact as it is, he said. The Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation, or TDEC, announced last week 49 grants totaling $191.2 million from the state's American Rescue Plan Fund, part of which TDEC is administering through competitive grants for regionalization, water use, resource protection, and a state strategic project. Of the 49 grants announced, 14 are for regionalization, 8 for water reuse, and 27 for resource protection. The City of Spring Hill and Murray County Board of Public Utilities were each awarded grants for local projects. TDEC awarded $7,760,000 of the money to the Murray County Board of Public Utilities in partnership with Hillsborough, Burwood, and Thompson Station Utility District for a project that will address regional drinking water needs. The grant money will fund the construction of a single transmission line that will improve Murray County's water availability and water source capacity while serving the needs of both water utilities. This significant grant is great news for our community, State Representative Scott Sapicki said. 
The Murray County Board of Public Utilities provides essential services, and I congratulate them on receiving this grant. Quality water infrastructure is essential to all Tennesseans, and these funds will go toward meeting the water needs of this county, he said. The project, which will help address the needs of both water utility companies, is expected to improve Murray County's water source capacity and water availability, Sapicki's statement reads. These water infrastructure grants provide assistance to communities across the state and accelerate progress in rural Tennessee, Governor Bill Lee said. I commend the communities that have participated in the application process and look forward to the results of these investments, he said. The city of Spring Hill will use ARP funds to address two issues. One issue is potable water reuse needs. Spring Hill plans to utilize a $2.4 million grant to construct an advanced purification pilot project and will use these funds for the design of the pilot, operation assistance, lab testing and sampling, and procurement of the individual treatment train units. Spring Hill Mayor Jim Hageman said the money will be used in a plan to build a water reservoir tank that will allow stormwater to be mixed with Duck River water, as well as effluent from the wastewater plant to be processed and sent back to the water treatment facility. We are the only city in the state doing this. It has been tested and done in other states, so it's proven technology. It just hasn't been done in Tennessee, he said. Another grant for $800,000 will go toward the investigation and plans for a water supply reservoir on vacant land. The reservoir will allow Spring Hill to provide strategic local drought management and promote resiliency and planning for extreme weather events. The reason for this need is that the Duck River is becoming overwhelmed with the amount of water being drawn from it. As most everybody from this area knows, we draw our water from the Duck River. But Middle Tennessee is growing exponentially and water is something we have to have, Hageman said. The Duck River Authority has told municipalities around us that we can't draw more water out than we have already forecasted. Freshwater mussels call the Duck River home, and it is one of the few places in the world where they can be found. We don't want to disturb their natural habitat, so we looked at, for lack of a better phrase, putting a straw in the river further downstream, Hageman said. It was so far downstream that it would have required an interlocal agreement for infrastructure to pump that water back to us that costs millions of dollars. Nobody has that kind of money, he said. Regionalization projects will provide cooperative support across water and wastewater systems to improve the sustainability, affordability, and or reliability of systems. Water reuse projects will reclaim water from a variety of sources, then treat and reuse it for beneficial purposes. Resource protection projects will either improve water infrastructure resilience to extreme weather events, improve the management of stormwater to improve water quality, and or restore natural landscape features such as streams or wetlands. The additional strategic project will address regional wastewater needs. This process demonstrates the importance of quality water infrastructure throughout the state, and we are glad to help make the best investments possible from these funds, said TDEC Commissioner David Sawyers. This is a significant step in providing the water service communities deserve, he said. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have cloudy skies today and a high of 59 degrees. Winds will be light and variable. Tonight, we can expect more clouds early that start to move out after midnight. The low will be 30 degrees. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Here we go. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. 
We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things, so the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours, and we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia, since 1856, people you can rely on. Debbie Matthews grew up and lives in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee. As a realtor, she is well-versed in homes, neighborhoods, development, and schools. She wants to share her love of her home state with others to help them find just the right place to raise a family, open a business, or develop a dream. From luxury listings to land, she can handle it all. She is the current leading producer, Nashville Realty Group. Contact Debbie Matthews Realtor at 615-476-3224. That's 615-476-3224. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see shelter agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Are you a homeowner looking to unlock the potential of your home equity? Explore a home equity loan with First Farmers. Hi, this is Felicia Brown with First Farmers, and we would like to invite you to access funds with a home equity loan. For home improvements, invest in education, or simplify your finances, you can make your dreams a reality with the power of your home equity. Get started today. Apply online at myfirstfarmers.com or call to speak with one of our team specialists at 1-800-882-8378. Equal housing lender. 
This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Neusen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. Jingle bells, houses sell all the time of the year. To get the most out of your house, let us help you there. With free home staging, yard landscaping, and some free repairs. We will carve for you to make your dreams come true. Mr. Grinch, beware. Merry Christmas to you and your family from George Varalis and The Way Realty. And remember, Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus Christ changes lives. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7. This program is sponsored in part by George Vrylis and the great team at The Way Realty. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. The National Transportation Safety Board has not found any obvious cause for the deadly plane crash in Giles County that killed two Knoxville residents, but will continue to examine the wreckage, a preliminary report released December 20th stated. Jenny Blaylock, 45, whose Tennessee Fly Girl account on YouTube has 15,700 followers and 139 videos, died in the December 7th crash. Her father, James Blaylock Jr., 78, who was the passenger in the plane, also died. Jenny Blaylock's single-engine 1965 Beechcraft Bonanza was en route from Knoxville's downtown Island Airport to Benton, Arkansas, when it crashed at 11.03 a.m. near Pulaski, the Aviation Investigation Preliminary Report said. Jenny Blaylock had requested flight-following services, which help pilots with their situational awareness when they are not familiar with the airspace. When the flight was about 140 nautical miles into the trip, the controller advised her that she was left of course, the report said, adding that she acknowledged and responded that she was correcting. Around 10.19 a.m., the Beechcraft began a series of climbs and descents with corresponding fluctuations in speed before ultimately crashing, the report said. During that time, Jenny Blaylock did not acknowledge two attempts by the controller to contact her, the report said. During the final moments of the flight, a faint communication from Jenny Blaylock was heard, followed by a faint and largely unintelligible transmission from her father. The airplane impacted hilly, wooded terrain, and the wreckage was highly fragmented, the report said. The fuel tanks were breached, and a post-impact fire spread to the surrounding trees and undergrowth. A witness in the vicinity of the accident stated that the airplane flew overhead at high speed, and the engine was running when the plane hit the ground. All major components of the airplane were located at the accident site, including the engine, which was severely damaged by the impact, the report said. The wreckage included two intact digital video recording devices, was retained for further examination, the report concluded. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Living with a worn joint can be painful and frustrating. Leave your joint pain in the past with a joint replacement procedure at Murray Regional Health. Our joint replacement program has been recognized in the top 10% of the nation for medical excellence and patient safety thanks to our highly skilled and experienced surgical staff who perform progressive procedures for the knees, hips, shoulders, elbows, and ankles. For more information, go to murrayregional.com slash joint replacement. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. And now our final story. Grinder Switch Winery hosts trivia every third Thursday of the month, and it's a great way to spend a cold, wintry night. Event seating starts at 6 p.m. and the game starts at 7. For teams of 2 to 4, admission is $10 per person and includes a mulled wine, wine slushy, or glass of wine. Of course, if you're 21 or over. First and second place prizes will be given, and a special prize will be awarded for the best costume for the month's theme. If you'd like to eat dinner while you're there, you can pre-order your meal once you select tickets or order when you come in. You can check out Grinder Switch on their Facebook page for ticket information. Upcoming themes include Elf the Movie on December 21st, NFL Trivia on January 18th, Rom-Com Trivia on February 15th, and Star Wars Trivia on March 21st. Grinder Switch is located at 510 North Garden Street in Columbia. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on Kennedy Broadcasting WKOM WKRM Radio. If you ever miss a part or all of this broadcast, you can listen to it anytime or read the transcript online by visiting frontporchradiotn.com. It's always there for you. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.